So we were in the forest, right? Not quite. Um, hey there, uh, this is Karen Borges, and uh, welcome to our new after episode show called Pour One Out, where we chat with our cast in order to get to know who they are as people outside the show and possibly find out a little bit about their characters, how they built them, what they're thinking. And tonight I have Stephen Freund with us, hey, the High Lord, right? Is that what I mean? Yeah. Hi, Lord Freund, last of his name. <laughs> last of his name. Yeah. Um, and uh, so first, as you um, take a sip, what is it that you are drinking, my friend? I'm drinking a Heine. Ooh. Heineken. Nice. Do you need to hydrate? Is that what we're... <laughs> that yeah, what we're... <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's a little late and I... Uh... You know, I do need to wake up in the morning, so go go with uh, something that's, uh, you know, fucking close to water. There you go. I have a half day tomorrow, so I am drinking a cut water tequila Paloma. Um, Jesus. That is definitely a half day kind of drink. <laughs> it is delicious. Some grapefruit, some tequila. It's yummy. Cutwater does a really good job of these like canned drinks. I don't particularly like them for most people, but Cutwater does a really good job. So if you want to sponsor us, just give me a call. <laughs> Not the grapefruit one, though. Don't like grapefruit. Ugh. Oh, I love grapefruit. God, the more sour, puckery, the better. Oh, it's no. You know, I liked you right up until this moment. <laughs> that this wasn't the moment that you stopped liking me. Um, <laughs> so first things first, Steve, I, to be perfectly honest, I can't wait to know the answer to this because I've been friends with you for a while and I don't think I know. What is it that you do for work? Uh, so I work at a math institute and I am a program coordinator, which basically you get the smartest nerds in the world together and they're going to do theoretical mathematics and I pretty much set the whole thing up for them to come in, you know, take care of all their, a lot of the behind the scenes logistics and whatnot. So you heard cats is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, very, <laughs> very similar uh, to that. But um, I mean, I like it. It's good. Prior to this, I was in mortgages and... Ooh, yeah, no, uh, I'll take the mathematicians any day. Yeah, no, I hear that. That makes sense. <laughs> Better than lawyers. I mean, it's not a high bar, but, you know, they clear it in spades. Right. <laughs> nice. We've talked about your work before, but I don't think that I've ever actually totally understood what it was that you did. Yeah, you know what? It's been. It could uh, be because I've had too much tequila at the moment, at the time when it, it happened. It could be, but I mean, I've been at it for a year, and it's kind of like on a year cycle. So I still haven't completed a full thing. So I still don't know everything I do. So that's fair. Um, and now, were you, you weren't born in Rhode Island, right? No, no, no. I am a native Californian, uh, and then. You know, right around middle school was transplanted here. So never caught the accent, which was really nice. And also learned to love spicy food, which is shockingly hard to find around here. But, you know. <laughs> it's, it's very, the difference between 
Mexican California style versus Mexican Rhode Island style is. Although there are a couple of places there, in there Rhode are Island, a right? decent places, but uh, every time I go out, you know, to the other coast, first thing I do, probably the last thing I do, find a Mexican restaurant. You Absolutely. Know, the the uh, sketchier, the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just get me some really good Mexican food, and it's like, okay, I may have destroyed my bowels for the next day, but you know, it was worth it. One of my students asked me the other day whether or not I thought Chipotle was authentic Mexican food. I was like, oh, my God, stop. All right. How did you end up here and roped into this whole fun podcast? I have been journey. playing with you guys for years now. <laughs> so well, uh, more so with Nate, but yes, <laughs> more so with Nate. But yeah, so, you know, Josh and I have been friends forever and so in college he got into D&D and um, you know with Rob and so they brought me in and so you know depending on life circumstances I've been in and out you know playing for well over a decade now with the with mostly this group you know as people come in the group changes so uh, of course we were uh, we were running this game because we got back into playing during uh, the, the dark times of COVID. <laughs> I just love how no matter who you talk to, everybody calls it the dark times. Yeah. It's, it's just like that's it's, just the go-to name. But I, I was playing in the before times, but, you know, once the dark times came, we, you know, we all kind of sat down and got into it again. And so then we were playing. And then, of course, you know, Josh went off and, you know, had himself a child and we made a podcast for him and... Here we are. So, what did you um, start playing when you guys first started? Ooh, my first character, always the worst. Your first character is always the one you sit down and you try to be serious and, you know, really go for it. And he was like some desert ranger, you know. I've always been into Dune, but I had just been rereading the Dune series again. Mm -hmm. So, I tried to make a Fremen. And he was a shit character. Just absolute <laughs> garbage. Uh, what system was, was it? It was uh, D&D 3.5, the precursor to Pathfinder. So mm-hmm. Pathfinder is kind of like the upgraded version of 3.5. So, you know, the switch to that, you know, from that to Pathfinder, pretty easy. Uh, playing 5e, uh, it's, a, it's a different creature. I mean, luckily it's not absolutely insane. I think I tried 4e for um a hot second by a hot second i mean i literally glanced over the rule books and i was just like no i feel like that's how the world felt (laughs) i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie (laughs) not do this (laughs) so but then after my first character i uh you know my my natural steveness came out and uh we all know our favorite uh wizard warlock whatever reoccurring character that i always bring back and uh i'm not gonna discuss it here because he may make a you know version of that character may make a comeback when one of my characters die and i am short on ideas (laughs) so (laughs) right now you have clue was Mm -hmm. that where did you get inspiration from anywhere outside or was that just kind of 
so my philosophy on uh, making characters is to start with the character flaw first. You know, I build out from there. So I always go, uh, what's a what's a crazy character flaw? So, you know, I've had uh, an elf supremacist before. You know, we all know Biblin, the the uh, that one started out as, you know, what happens if uh, a barbarian goes to anger management and then what happens if the anger management you know is a church and then what happens if the church actually is a cult and that's how that character evolved uh you know alfonso was you know you, you meet those a-holes out there who have like the rabid dog that is going to murder a child in the near future, and they're just like, oh no, Rexy <laughs> is just a sweetie pie. He's so nice, and he wouldn't hurt a fly. Literally foaming at the mouth, ready to chew up a small child. So that that was my thought on Alfonso, just that oblivious person to the danger that they're putting everyone else in. And which then involved, well, what kind of person is like that? You know, we all remember, what was it, Lindsay Lohan with her little chihuahua. Oh, you know, yeah. The, the rich right. people that are just oblivious to the damage they're doing to society. So that's where Alfonso came from. And uh, Clue came out of, uh, we had we had a discussion more or less about fun accents. Because every dwarf is Scottish. You know, every human is vaguely English and you know every uh every elf is some sort of you know snooty British person and so I you know I was thinking oh, what are some crazy accents we can uh do and I'm like what if like all elves were French <laughs> and of course I'm a huge fan of Pink Panther so it's like well what's the best French let's do this and it also worked out because we're in a murder mystery and I couldn't roll for shit. And so the investigator's <laughs> like, oh, let's just add a plus 20 onto this. Now it doesn't matter what I roll because I think the lowest perception I can literally roll is an 18 or 19. Right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, let's insane. go with this. This is amazing. And then, you know, I started doing combat builds for him, but then it's like, he sucks at combat. He is he is terrible at this. But uh, <laughs> God, the accent can do is so much everything fun. Else. <laughs> so yeah, so that one That's just cool. kind of started as a as a uh, let's see if we can get Nate to do a French accent and canonically make all elves. So unlike most of my other characters, Clue started from not a character flaw but a joke. But most part, it's I, I like to find the flaw and. I refuse to have my characters grow as people. <laughs> Literally, my next question was just going to be like, what is your hope for your character? To stay no. the same. To be exactly the same. Absolute same assholes the entire time. <laughs> just be an asshole. It's funny to me when it's like, you know, sure, in, in games and stuff, you know, you play your character, you know, things come out, your characters evolve and the interactions evolve. But how many times have we met like 90% of the people in our lives and they just try to shoehorn everything into their perception of the world and they of never grow as people. So I love doing that with my characters because honestly, it's kind of more realistic to me because <laughs> like so many people will go through 
mental gymnastics to not change themselves. So I refuse to let most of my characters grow as people. The, the big difference was uh, Bivlin, though. He didn't grow as a character. His backstory grew around him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> I improved most of that backstory. And I still my favorite. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I, it's interesting just hearing about how people build characters because I always try and think about what it is that I want the character to be known for is what I like always start with and then go from there. And sometimes it's just like a personality trait. And then sometimes it's a, they're really good at combat or they're really good at spell cat, you know, whatever it happens to be. And so it's always fun to like hear people's philosophies on building characters. Cause it's so, so totally different. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like Nate, you know, I can't like do all this theory crafting uh, characters. You know, my characters are always, mid-range at best most of the time they just kind of suck it's not my strong suit but um i think as josh called me i'm a chaos muppet so there you go. <laughs> so i like to bring uh wild characters into the game and just kind of throw a bit of humor because you know these games Your animal. Can get, they can get contentious you know and you do get attached to your character's because you put a lot of time and you are with them for a long time. And so, you know, shit hits the fan, you lose a character. You can get very angry. So I, I a, try not to get attached to my characters because more than once have I spent hours on a character and then lost them before level one is complete, you know? So I've, they are disposable people to me and I will just go for you know what's fun because chances are they're gonna die and it's like what's the next fun quirky personality i can throw into this and it, it it's just a lot of fun also it kind of pisses off rob because he <laughs> likes to play a little more serious though he's you know he, he he's come around in the years you know in his old age when, when when we first started out he was a he was a bit more of a serious player but uh you know, uh, I, th I think just the group dynamic has broken him down over time. And yeah, he's, he's a lot more, uh, <laughs> a lot more comedic now. <laughs> what do you think uh, the most challenging part about building a character is? Oh, God, everything. Um, feet. 100% feet. You know, everything else can more or less be plugged in and it's right there. And then you open up feats and there's, you know, a fuck ton bajillion of them. And it's like, oh, these three synergize, but you need these four ahead of time. And if you don't meticulously plan it, you know, you're just left with shit all whatever <laughs> mediocre. I got and half. I don't plan these things because, you know, I'm like right. trying to plan one now because I like saw something with Clue, but it's like... This, this shit won't uh, come to fruition until level 14 or something crazy like that. So right. it's like, you know, at 14, he's going to be he's going to be doing all sorts of fun things. But chances are he's not going to live. I would love to see the current cast or at least most of them end up at like those higher levels. I've never had a character go from like level one through 
like a 15 or a 16. Like, I just want somebody to do it. I just want to see it actually happen in real life because I just don't know if it's actually a real thing. <laughs> so we, we did that years ago with uh, Doug's campaign, but that was a uh, 3.5. And, you know, at some point, I think he just kind of hand waved a, a bit there. But yeah, we, we got we got them pretty much all the way up there. And that that one was like four or five hour sessions. And it still took us, I think, two years or something insane to get it done. And right. we were pretty regular on that one. So, yeah, no, uh, getting up there, it's it's not uh, it's not easy, especially going from one. Yeah, I agree. And trying to think about where you want your character to be five or six levels from now. And like you said, they're kind of dispensable in some ways. So you don't want to think that far because you don't want to get really attached. But yeah, you spend months at a level. And so you think of these plans when you're leveling up and then you forget them. Like I have a plan. I can't tell you what that plan is anymore because I completely forgot but I was setting up for something. And so I'm hoping when the time comes, I'll see it. You'll remember. Be like, oh yeah, this is what I was doing. Until then, I have no freaking clue. Yeah, so short answer, feats are the worst. They're, yeah, they're the shit, I hate them. They should have like branching. They should do like the, like a um, like a flow chart almost. Like if yes. you want to do this, I'm sure somebody's done it. I can't yeah, imagine. If there was a graphical done. thing, Right. much easier for me. But just a long ass list, list. <laughs> you know, it's just like an alphabetical order. Oh, yeah. Let me just skip to Q from D and see if there's anything that synergizes there. <laughs> no. Well, um, I'm not going to spend five more hours looking at this. <laughs> I got shit to do. <laughs> I have things to do. <laughs> Speaking of things to do, what is it that's. Uh, that you like the best about playing tabletop uh, role-playing games? What is it about Pathfinder or just playing Pathfinder with friends that you like the best? Honestly, it's the friends. You know, you get a you get a good group um, and you just go fuck nuts with uh, some fun characters. You get great jokes and it's just a blast. So, you know, Pathfinder, you know, the tabletop's they're great you know the the games are great but that's not really why i come to it because it's just fun to play i mean back in the day all before we went digital all our monsters were uh freaking starbursts Mm -hmm. and so then it became a competition who could kill the guys first and at that point you weren't thinking tactically you were thinking i want that red one (laughs) absolutely and so i'm gonna try to kill that guy and then someone kills him and it's like I really shouldn't have been playing a support character if I wanted red starbursts. (laughs) (laughs) No, totally (laughs) true. But yeah, no, um, you know, tabletops are just a great reason to get together with, uh, with friends. I mean, I've played with other groups before and, you know, they're fun. Played with my uh, friend, Tim and, uh, and his brother, uh, Matt and Matt was running the campaign and they were playing with like their uncles or something. And, you know, it kind of started out as a serious campaign and, then they knew me and they they're like, yeah, you should join us. It's like, oh, these guys are serious players. Well, Matt's the DM, so he knows exactly what's going to happen. Tim's going to know exactly. So then I brought my, into a lawful good party, my evil necromancer, Craig. <laughs> I'm sure that went over real well. Oh, a lot of morally questionable decisions were made. <laughs> but, you know, again... You know, I I had some friends who I could joke with and, you know, it kind of lightened the mood and the thing. And, 
yeah, it became uh, it, it was a fun campaign, fun game while I was in it. So it, it's it's just a good reason to find some good shit to make jokes about. Good times thinking about that being a lawful good character that Dame is currently, I find it really difficult sometimes to justify what like the party is doing versus what the player does and just making sure that that kind of aligns. Have you ever had a situation where you kind of went along with what was going on or had to like totally stop and be like, this isn't, do you pl- I guess the, my bigger question is do you play to those alignments or do you try and let the story flow the way it should flow so i try to avoid lawful good because let's be honest that's not me (laughs) 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 you know if i if i'm good i try to give myself a little wiggle room if i'm lawful i try to give myself a little moral wiggle room because you know these games get you know, you're you're in a, a moral quandary, you're in a crunch, you're gonna make some questionable decisions at the best of times. Um, so I try to avoid that. But as far as, um, you know, lawful alignments and whatnot goes, I, I think uh, the easiest way to think of this is people are flawed. And so, you know, your characters, sure, they're lawful. This is their alignment, which means to the best of their ability, they're trying to stick to this. And they don't necessarily have a crystal clear understanding of things or don't have all the facts. You know, we have, a, as, as players, we have a more bird's eye view of things than the people on the ground. And I mean, you just have to look at politicians, you know, religious people throughout the world to see, you know, people even ostensibly doing good make some very shitty decisions. Totally true. Sometimes with the best of intentions. And so I I think as long as you're trying to do best of intentions and you can kind of do or you can justify some sort of mental uh, gymnastics, I think you're free and clear because... Yeah, you can't just stab a homeless guy, but, um, you know, greater good kind of goes a long way in some of these things. And, you know, horrible things have been done in the name of the greater good, and people have still thought them to be themselves to be the good guys. So I'm less uh, hardcore on alignment, mostly because people are flawed. That was totally true. And we should not expect our characters to be any better than us. You're right. On a lighter note, Mm. what's your favorite gaming snack? I just remember those days of having everybody at the table and, you know, ordering Domino's and it showing up three hours in. There's (laughs) something. Yeah, there's something very good about just a shit ton of pizza. (laughs) But, um, you know, I got to go back to the Starburst just because it was so much fun. And we just had a giant fuck all bowl every single time. There's no way we're going to get through that. I think uh, like Nate would, or whoever was DMing would just take a handful, set it aside. These are my monsters. The rest. <laughs> go at it. And I just go at it. You know, so we we had all sorts of diabetes inducing <laughs> snacks you know, all the time. But yeah, I mean, the game pizza, there is something great about the game pizza. <laughs> so that goes along with the, my next question. So if you were in a time machine, would you go forward in time or backward? Do I have to go like a certain distance? No, you can go as far back or as far forward as you want. 
I'd go back to the 1980s knowledge and honestly, you go further back there, ooh, the, uh, the sanitation really starts taking a downturn. <laughs> a lot more lead in the air. You know, you go far back enough, people just smell of shit all the time. Nah, you know, 80s, 90s, that's, that's pretty much peak civilization. And who knows where it's going to go in the future, so... Yeah, let's just after the unleaded after the leaded gas was gone. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. You know, there's '90s where like peak everything, and you go back with a little bit of knowledge on Apple. Oh man, my my 2000s are going to be so much easier. (laughs) Totally true. It's I ask that question a lot uh, in my classes, and kids always (laughs) are dumbfounded by it. And they're like, what What do you mean? It's like, well, when would you go back to what? Or when would you go forward? Like, well, how far forward could we go? I was like, I don't know. You go as far forward as you want. And they're like, but it's scary going forward. I'm like, all right, then go backward. <laughs> anyone who says anything prior to like 1970 just doesn't really. I mean, the 50s and whatnot, there was like just so much shit and everything. But once you get you know, earlier than like, you know, the 1900s, just the smell. <laughs> I uh, having watched Yellowstone and having watched mm-hmm. the um, I think it's the 1920 or the 18. Well, like they have the 1880s and then they have the 1920. I think I'm, I just finished the 1880s and having watched that, I would love to go back for a per- just a short period of time, not a long period of time because I'd be dead. Because I'm almost 40 and, you know, life expectancy and whatever. (laughs) But just to go back to see what the Midwest looked like and that whole area and the Rocky, like what it looked like before there was really anybody settled there would just be amazing to see. Just for, again, short period of time. I just want to go for the weekend. I mean, there were plenty of natives back there. Yeah, no, well, Yeah. yeah, but not like settled, like not, you know in before we tore it correct, all apart before yeah. settlers came and tried to take over what was there yeah no it would, i would love to see it would what be interesting again i i do not think i could deal with the smell of europeans back then that's, that's for fair. sure <laughs> i i don't i don't deny that speaking of which <laughs> what is your favorite pizza topping <laughs> sausage 100 percent. love me sausage <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's my inherent Germanness. It's just mm, good old, uh, good old ground meats. Mm, oh, so you don't like it sliced, best. like just like the ground. I could go for the sliced, but you know the the little ball ones that are mm-hmm. just kind of sprinkled on too. Great. Either way, I just love sausage. So <laughs> it's really I easy. <laughs> I feel like that becomes a drop <laughs> at some point. That's... I love to put a sausage in my mouth. <laughs> mm. So you went too far. See, that was too far. You didn't have to go that far. You just had to stick with the one. I do. And I make no apologies. (laughs) I don't care if this is spread all over the internet about me putting sausages in my mouth. You've made that abundantly clear on multiple occasions. (laughs) 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 No shame. (laughs) That's basically how the internet needs to work. You can't have shame. Um, if if we've learned anything about the internet, there's no shame. I'm just going to have like some person's like, is this you? Yeah, Yeah. it is. Are you seeing this? 
Yeah. Totally fine. <laughs> you want me to say worse? Because I can do that. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so I guess my last question is just like campaign wise, how do you feel about the party? How do you feel about your character? Do you have any um, player insight as to where you think things are going currently? Um, so I kind of, you know, I think with these Paizo uh, things, you know, the first two or three books, you know, are kind of like disparate adventures that, you know, once you get to the fourth book, that's when shit really starts coming together. Um, so right now it's just kind of like, ah, this is cool. You know, we're, we're doing shit. We got a murder mystery. You know, I'm kind of seeing how stuff's connecting Seven Pointed Star, obviously, is kind of the big uh, through through theme. Um, so I'm interested to see where that goes and how that all kind of plays out because obviously, big or bad coming down, we solve we solve this mystery and it's like, oh, it's just gonna lead to well, you know, this guy wasn't the real bad guy. This guy was pulling his strings. Off we go. Um, yeah, very similar to. You know, I feel I, like it's very similar to um, Giant Slayer. In that, like, yeah, there's one exactly. dude, and then like he's getting or his orders from someone else, etc. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. Exactly. That, that's kind of how I feel this one's gonna go. Um, as far as my character, uh, you know, I like Clue. Um, he's he's very good at what he does, but he's very unlikable. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have great charisma, and the entire build is he's a smart fucker, and um pretty much all the charisma checks substitute intelligence. So his whole thing is he's supposed to logically break things down and kind of persuade you that way. It's not his shining personality. And so I think that's kind of coming through because I'm definitely trying to play him like as abrasive. Uh, I love me an <laughs> abrasive character. I don't think <laughs> so it's, much it's interesting because I I feel like there's there's definitely an abrasiveness to him. And yet mm -hmm. at the same point, because he doesn't have the ability to persuade people in a nice way, in a diplomatic way, that he can only look at yeah. it in an intellectual way, that I'm excited to kind of see how um, Marigold kind of offsets his dark yeah. personality it, it, it is nice that we have a kind of good charisma person because you know clues um the, the character i've built he has a good heart uh he, he he's a nice guy he wants what's best he wants what's right but uh he can't express that and he wants to be liked he wants uh you know he's nice to people but God, he just cannot express it in a way that anyone can catch, pick up what he is putting right. down kind of thing. And so, you know, in that way, he's kind of a tragic character because we've all met those people that are like, they're nice, but uh, it, yeah, I can only deal with you for five minutes. I'm yes. sure you're a nice dude, but... I need some time away. <laughs> it's it's a bit much. <laughs> yep, no, I get you. I get you. But... So, you know, Clue, I... I'm going to be honest, I haven't decided if he's going to continue past this book or not, because uh, I don't know if I want to still play him or not. And 
I don't know how much more life he has in him. I mean, the French gag only goes so far. Right. But, you know, at the same time, there's um, there is something really nice about just having that knowledge pool and that perception check. You know, yeah, he's shit all in a fight, but he, you know, outside of a fight, it's like, let me look at this room. All right. We know this is clear now. Well, and I think that Whereas that's before. I mean, I think that's important. I think that's definitely yeah. important. I think that the I think what Pat, the Pathfinder adventure paths have shown me, at least, is especially in, you know, preparing for our next um, campaign is just this that there's so much other stuff to Pathfinder other than the combat, other than, you know, traps and having all of this. And so having somebody who's what who will round out the party appropriately you know, to provide that perception check, to provide those knowledges. Because if you don't have somebody who can roll a knowledge check, shit, what the fuck are we... <laughs> like, we won't know anything. We'll just be sitting around exactly. like, all right, well, let me, let me go to the store but, uh, and ask this. Yeah, I mean, um, you know. You know, I, I know for a fact we missed shit in that uh, goblin castle. Oh, 100%. Like, we missed, like, at least three or four things. Um, because none of us had great right. perception or knowledges and you know the, i still want to know who that dude was great. who ran out oh yeah me too it's just it's, we'll never find no. out he's gone to the wind that maybe that, he's that, a magnumar exactly. just investigate oh wait a minute no one from the original party is alive. <laughs> whoops <laughs> are not with us dominic's yeah, still alive but um well and rumbles yeah, was no, there uh Right? Rumbles yeah. was there, but Rumbles Rumbles isn't uh, the most. Uh, it's not the sharpest bulb on the tree. <laughs> um, I love me some Rumbles, but I mean, yeah, it's it's fun when you have uh, characters that can do the big knowledge checks. But I'm remembering um, my super racist uh, elf oracle, whose entire thing was, you know, they were smart, they knew everything, and they thought they were the leader. But their oracle, like, curse or whatever was, they spoke in tongues. Oh. So in combat, Brutal. I was like, that is a centaur. These are the weaknesses. But, and Nate would have to text me all the information. But then in no way during combat could I communicate it to anyone because I was speaking some random ass language. So no one understood. And then he passed out and he'd switch back into common and probably end the sentence saying something racist as he fell unconscious but yeah it, it was just like i knew exactly what was going on but i couldn't communicate right. to anyone else and no one else had the ability to do knowledge checks and that was just hilarious i do love or so then after the fact, it's like as i told you that was a centaur you know why would you listen to this why weren't you listening to me because he didn't know he was speaking in tongues <laughs> yeah, no, oracles are cool because of that drawback. I mean, they are super, super powerful. And then all of a sudden it's, okay, well, I can't hear anything. Great. <laughs> or I can't see oh, yeah. or no. whatever. Oracles and the like, uh, the life, uh, whatever uh, mm. thing. They are the strongest healers. You know, it is basically a white mage, you know, fuck all clerics are chump change next to a properly built Oracle. And But oracles but can also go in the opposite way. direction, too, and be like ridiculously bad energy. Oh, yeah. Witches, too. I love I love a good witch. 
I love a good witch. And I might have to might have to play another oracle because I, I didn't get much time with that guy. Um, I'm not sure his uh, his he his personality is set for radio. <laughs> I mean. I didn't say anything offensive to real people, but to imaginary people. Oh, he was the worst. <laughs> oh, gosh. To all the imaginary uh, yeah. people. <laughs> Kept calling the orc a green skin. Okay. Yeah, yeah was, no, that's not cool, man. Brutally racist. Brutal. <laughs> we don't have to bring that bad juju in here. I'm trying to escape the bad juju. <laughs> Oh man, he was such an asshole. That that was by far the biggest asshole character. <laughs> there was like nothing redeeming about his personality whatsoever. Brutal. <laughs> I don't think I ever played with him. I think that I think um, that was was that the campaign that um where we each had three characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. he was one of my three. The other one was uh, the the orc sommelier vineyard dude. <laughs> would only rage when people insulted uh wines <laughs> yeah that was what that yeah, was the that... one that was played at the dinner table <laughs> i do appreciate steve you uh sitting down with me and chatting and i can't wait until we pick up split the party in a few weeks uh but i'm sure that the inspector will be totally fine and that yeah no yeah there's no way he's going to jail for the rest of his life no he will be totally fine (laughs) i don't understand what the problem dude okay so it's not the inspector's shield that it was on somebody's face (laughs) (laughs) i thought about the point is there's no way we're not all heading to the gallows (laughs) i was literally thinking about that um like when we were kind of like running away and we didn't end up at the garrison and stuff because we wanted to go to Hal Williams and and whatever. I wanted to go to Hal Williams and then afterwards I was just like, oh my god, that was a stupid idea because now my shield is all over this dude's face. This isn't going to go well. I think you bashed his face in. I don't think there's going to be an imprint of your holy symbol. I think there's just going to be... I think I said that there was an imprint of my holy symbol in there. Well... That's your own fault. It's my own fault. I just need to figure out how to fix it. But anyway. Well, you know, your your husband is notoriously forgiving, so. Are you sure about that? Yeah, no, 100%. He lets everything go. You know, you uh, you make a mistake that he will never bring that back to bite you. Okay, well, on that falsehood, we're going to go... <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get going <laughs> and you have and to the listeners i am six foot seven and brad pitt-esque <laughs> hey karen here and thanks for listening to this episode of pour one out with background music by sirenscape please rate star or review on whatever streaming service you are listening to we would love to hear your feedback support us on patreon every little bit helps until next time keep the dice rolling and the drinks flowing